0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Damn It with me, Beaver. I know a few months ago I talked about how wonderful I thought it was that people were adopting dogs during the pandemic. And the one thing that I know I mentioned and that I feared is that people would return these dogs once things started opening up. And unfortunately, my fear is a realization. I have been finding Comments and articles about people who adopted dogs because they were lonely, they wanted companionship, and now they're returning the dogs or abandoning the dogs. I don't know if you have adopted a dog, but most dogs, when they're adopted, they're scared. They don't know what's going on. And then they form a bond with you. So returning a dog to a shelter after you've adopted it just because life is becoming a little bit more normal is something that you should have considered prior to adopting that dog. It breaks my heart to see that there are shelters that are filling back up and becoming overcapacity because people are just like, you know what, I had this, I don't want it anymore. Your dog is not a yard sale item. You can't just get it and be like, you know what, don't want it anymore and get rid of it. I'm a huge proponent for dog rescue and for dog adoption. And if you're going to adopt a dog, please make sure to take all aspects of your life under consideration. Yes, there will be times that things will change in your life that are not expected. Loss of a job, loss of a home, loss of a loved one, you know, job relocation. But most of those things, there are ways to adapt. So. If you are one of those people who have adopted a dog and now decided that you're no longer going to keep it because regular your you know your state's lifting regulations and stuff I beg of you to try to figure out a way to keep that dog cuz these shelters I mean and especially it's not even about the shelters being overrun. I mean it it, it is a little bit. But to, for people just to be like throwing the dog back into that shelter, that dog probably already had trust issues and now you're getting, you know, this dog is going to have more trust issues because, and they're not going to know what's going on. They're not going to understand why you no longer love them, why you no longer are keeping them, why they're returning to the place that they were afraid to be in the first place. It's a lifetime commitment. I don't know how many times I need to stress. When you get an animal, it's a lifetime Commitment, whether you purchase it or you adopt the animal, it is a lifetime commitment. There are going to be things that the dogs or cats or whatever you're adopting is going to do. It's going to piss you off. Like my cat currently decides that he doesn't want to shit in the litter box. He's shitting underneath my cabinet in my dining room. Why? And there's not that much clearance. So he's like literally crawling underneath there and shitting in the laying position. Why? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just being an asshole. So now he's he's earned the locked in the bathroom for a couple of days to learn his lesson with a litter box. But I'm not going to get rid of him because it's my lifetime commitment. I hate him for it. Well, you know, I hate him a little bit for it. Still such a lovey-dovey kitty. And he's not happy. (laughs) His name is Happy. But even though my cat's doing that, I'm not just going to get rid of him. I feel like I want to some days. I feel like I want to smack him around and try to figure out what's going on. But I'm not just going to get rid of him. It's my lifetime commitment. That's why he's locked up trying to figure out what's going on. Usually after being confined for a couple of days, he straightens himself out. So he will straighten himself out. It's just weird how he does this every so often. I don't know if he's trying to punish me for something or (sighs) what he does. He used to poop on my window ledge. Why? I used to make this joke about him earning extra money at night for the sick freaks that are turned on by that sort of thing. Uh, But obviously that is not what he was doing. He's just my cats are assholes. We all know cats are assholes. And, you know, I have one cat who's always good. He Thomas is a very good cat. I mean, sometimes I don't like, I mean, not sometimes I do not like when he goes on my dining room table, but he goes up there to investigate. But I will take him going on my table over having to move my cabinet constantly to to clean up poop. Now, I'll tell you, he can't get underneath there because I put something there. So he's actually been okay. I mean, I did, like I said, I quarantined him for a little bit because I was wondering if he got into something that, you know, was making him sick. But he's been doing better since I quarantined him. But... (laughs) quarantine the cat. Yeah, so I just, when I read this article, I was like, I got angry, and then I got sad because I just keep thinking about these animals that are just like, you know, I was abandoned and then I was saved and now I'm abandoned again. And that really does play a toll on these animals. And I know everybody just a dog. It's not just a dog to me. So just think before you adopt is all I'm saying. I I don't know how many more times I can pressure that into people's heads, you know, that it's, it's a commitment. I've been wanting to touch on this topic for a while and, but I wanted to come up with some really good examples, stories of what people have gone through. And the one story I was looking for, I wasn't able to find, and I remember I saw it in the 80s on a TV show, but it, obviously it's been so long, I can't remember the lady's name, I can't remember this whole situation, but I, I'm i obsessed with anything unexplainable, like UFOs, you know, Bigfoot, not as much Bigfoot, but UFOs, you know, paranormal events like ghosts, uh, premonitions, stuff like that, but I'm also intrigued by reincarnation there was a show on tv i can't remember the name of it you know i probably should have looked it up but it was a guy who would do past life regression on people and ask them questions uh, it would be like a hypnosis type deal and then he would uh, get them to talk about their past lives and he, it was weird but it was interesting to watch and You know, there was this one guy who was just so overprotective of his daughter, and he was always fearful of her dying. And he he didn't understand why he couldn't let go of that. And his wife, like, she would not let his daughter go anywhere. She had to be in his sight all the time. And his wife is like, you need to calm the hell down and need to seek therapy. There's obviously some type of underlying issue, but he couldn't figure it out. So he went to this guy, and this guy did hypnosis on him. And supposedly... and. You know, I, I'm, all of this is going to be with a grain of salt is that this guy in a past life lost his daughter. Uh, she was run over by a horse and he, uh, uh, I guess, tried to save her and he was hit by a horse. But they went and did like I guess he was from Canada and moved to I don't remember if it was North Dakota, but it was somewhere in the middle of the country. Like he came across the border for a better life. Uh, It was like the late 1800s, early 1900s. But then this guy went and did an investigation for that town and he did find the record of a man. And so he would investigate whatever these people said under hypnosis. I mean, the one was about a Mayan temple. Uh, The one lady was uh, talking about uh, a church. And it was from somewhere in South America. And this guy ended up finding this and you know it so it was always some really interesting stories but i wanted to present some cases to you that i felt were the strongest the cases where people are actually alive today that these people these children who were having these nightmares about dying in a past life and They were actually able to go and talk to family members of these people. And they knew stuff that they shouldn't be able to know. That's where it comes into. I'm getting the ghost pimples already. The hair standing up on my arms. This stuff always really fascinated me. So I wanted to talk about reincarnation. And our first case is actually really. Interesting. I did watch some, there were some TV shows that uh, actually interviewed this child. And then, well, let's just get into it. So our first story of reincarnation is about a boy named Cade. Now, when he was born, he was about three years old when he started telling his mom that he had died. And she said, you know, it was one of those, what do you mean you're, you're not dead? And he would talk about how he uh, died in a building that um, he fell. Like the building gave out from underneath him and and he just fell and then he died. And the mom is just like, you know, and this kid would have these nightmares, these horrible, horrible nightmares about his death. And he kept telling his mom, like, this is what my name was. Now, in some of these stories I'm going to tell you, they actually released the names of the people that they were in the past life. This one, they did not. They would not release what this guy's name was in a previous life uh, because it focuses on 9-11. And that's where this comes down to. So Kate was afraid of planes. He would not if he, they went in. They were in a like a small rural community. If they would go into the bigger city, he would freak out. Like he did not want to see big buildings. He didn't want to have planes flying over his head. He had violent nightmares. He just kept talking about buildings exploding, seeing himself from above after his body was uh trapped. Um. This is why they would not release the name of the person that he said he was in a past life, because it's a. If you were alive for nine eleven, if you're listening to this and you were alive for nine eleven, you know how horrible that day was and the days after that. You know that that is traumatic for someone who lost someone. You know that is traumatic just to even hear the words nine eleven. So that's why they did not release this guy's name out of respect for the family. Um the family ended up taking a trip to New York, which Cade was very frantic about having to get on a plane, but because he wanted to try to get past this in his life because it was actually hard for him. Like kids in the neighborhood didn't want to talk to him because you know, he didn't think it was a big deal to talk about how he died in a past life, but then nobody would talk to him in the neighborhood. He was having issues the nightmares were relentless, and he, this is how they determined that they were going to try to get him to move on. So the show that was interviewing him actually got him in touch with someone that he knew that used to work in the building where he died on 9-11. And he actually got to meet this person. So the person that he met, his name was Ben, and he was someone that knew, knew Cade's past life person. Um, And it was interesting when you see them talking back and forth, because Cade is like, oh, do you remember what my house was broken into? And the guy's sitting there and he's like, yeah, he goes, "Uh, your house was robbed. And then, you know, Cade would say to Ben, oh, do you remember when I would I would ride my bike to work? And Ben, yeah, that's right. He's like, he always walked or he rode his bike. And Kay's like, yeah, because I didn't live far. I lived, like, over there. You know, he knew about where he lived. He knew what his job was at the building. And then the thing that was really weird was that Kate said, you know, I wasn't supposed to work that day. And Ben's, you know, that's right. He wasn't supposed to work that day. The person who was supposed to work that day had called off. And so Cade's uh, past life person Uh, went into the building to cover that person's shift. Excuse me. And the other thing that was really, really creepy was Cade knew that he was trapped on top of the building because the door closed and he couldn't get back in. And that's when the plane hit. And Ben confirmed that that is why Kate's past life person died. So for Kate to know this stuff about something that happened when he wasn't even alive, about a person he's never met, it's really creepy. It's very, I don't want to say disturbing, but it's very, it makes you question things that you think that you know. It makes you question how there are so many people who can remember their past life. Is there a past life? I don't know. We don't know everything. But Cade actually went to the 9-11 memorial and found his name. He found where his name was on the memorial in his past life. Excuse me. Now, since he confronted his past life, the nightmares have calmed down. Now, they haven't gone away, but they've calmed down. It's almost like confronting your demon and trying to figure out a way to move on. I will say, I want to believe that there's more to life and the realm of things that we don't know. Like, why are there so many people who can remember their past lives? Why are there people who can see different things, like a spirit or something? Is there a reason that people come back to Earth if reincarnation is really something that happens? Because in the stories coming up, you're going to hear about these children who say that they've met, they know God. They know the angels. They know how babies are transported through these holes into the world. They know all of that. And it's fascinating to me because is there, like, is this maybe our form of purgatory? Is this something where we're not getting it right? We're on earth and we F up. We F up and God's like, you know what? You need to learn your lesson. You're going back and you're going to live another life and you're going to live it and you're going to figure it out. You're going to have to learn from the mistakes you made before and you're going to have to do that. I don't know. I have no idea if that's what it is. Is it something else? I don't know. But let me get on to, with another story because these stories just fascinate me. So this is about Lexi. Now, Lexi, uh, she was able to hold pencils correctly at the age of six months. Uh, sorry, six months old, six months old. How many babies do you know at six months old or even holding pencils? She knew how to hold it and she would scribble with them. She did have sleep issues and she had extreme night terrors that they kept taking her to the doctor. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. She would always scream about being hurt. She didn't like people touching her hair. And she would see figures around the house. Uh, I, the one story was that, you know, the grandmother was outside in the yard with her. And she walked away from the little table that they had set up that they were playing at. And she started talking about two people that were standing at the edge of the woods that were on fire. Um, She used to always freak out about airplanes. Uh, She would scream about the planes falling. She would always say that there was thunder and lightning and a lot of rain when her plane fell. And then she started talking about how she had died in a past life, uh, that she had died, and then she went to heaven, and then she came back. So she used to, as she got older, she would write down the numbers 866 all the time. The grandmother was starting to do investigating, like, what's going on? So she found that there was a plane crash in August of 1966. And she would always talk about how she had a sister who she died with. Well, in August of 1966, there was a plane crash where two sisters, Nancy and Susan Chamberlain, were on the plane, and they both died. Uh, The little girl that we refer to in the current time as Lexi used to say that she was... Uh, Nancy. So, well, the grandmother would uh, say the names. Uh, she said the name Susan, and Nancy didn't. Re- uh, Lexi didn't re- didn't respond to that. And then she said Nancy, and she turned around. and She goes, "That was my name before it was Lexi." Just as a thing, and she replied to it. So, what they did was they contacted. Nancy and Susan's brother, and said, You know, this sounds really weird, but this is a situation. Our daughter is having, daughter, granddaughter is having issues with these night terrors. She keeps describing a plane crash and she keeps ta- She says that her name was Nancy in a previous life. So the brother sent pictures and they mixed the pictures in with other pictures. And when they showed them to Lexi, Lexi picked out Nancy and said uh look at how big i used to be and um then she actually said or she started calling her grandmother mimi and her brothers like oh my god that's what she used to call our grandmother now mimi is kind of a common name so that's i mean we used to call my great aunt mimi um but it's just it's just a, like a coincidence so they actually had Lexi meet uh, Nancy's brother Buzz and ever since he she got to like hug her brother and almost like she got to say goodbye Lexi's nightmares have stopped it's almost like she got the closure she never thought she had because she died so tragically in that air that airplane crash. Coincidence? I don't know. but it's interesting. You know what else is interesting? Ruby blue lip balm. That's right. I am still working on my strawberry sparkle because I have a lot of it. and I love it. The straw I just love the strawberry and it is coming up on strawberry season so we got to have that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. just a little bit on the lips and I'll be good for the rest of the day it's like I said about the size of a quarter it is not overly thick but it lasts a long time I use this every day and it's you just need a little bit and it lasts you the whole day so while it's only two to three dollars it is going to last you a while. So it's totally worth the money. Go to Ruby, Ruby blue lip balm on Instagram. Uh, If you do not have Instagram and you are interested in ordering some Ruby blue lip balm, please email me. Damn it with beaver at gmail.com. And I will get you in touch with this beautiful budding entrepreneur. We've all seen how ugly this world can be, but you know what? Any of us can be nice to anyone at any time. And the feeling that creates is contagious. With that in mind, the best way to change this world would be with random acts of kindness. We know that the pandemic over the last year has created some hardships for a lot of people. Well, this story is just going to brighten your day. Every morning when Stephen Navar went to work, he would see somebody sleeping in the car in the parking lot. It would be a few weeks before he actually even realized that he knew who that person was. I noticed that he had all of his belongings in his car, and that's when I realized he was homeless, said Navar. He also realized that the man was his former substitute high school teacher, Jose Varela, also known as Mr. V. Mr. V stopped working once the schools went into virtual sessions last year and has since experienced housing insecurities. Once Nava spoke with Mr. V and realized the connection, he helped his former teacher find a hotel and gave him $300. I had a mission to help the teacher who was going through a difficult time, he said. Nava added, I spoke with Mr. V and he told me that the only source of income was a monthly Social Security check and that most of that money was sent to his wife, who was very ill in Mexico. When Roth rather would pass by, Varela would tell himself, I must not give up and I have to go on and do what I have to do for this stage to pass. But Nava wasn't g- done yet with getting his former teacher through this trying time. He then took to Twitter and started a GoFundMe. Mr. Mr. V was a great and helpful educator and substitute teacher. He struggled with getting back on his feet after the pandemic hit and has been living in his car. This fundraiser would help him out financially and get him back to a normal life. Well, he was able to raise over $27,000 and on Mr. V's 77th birthday, Nava Gathered former students to celebrate with the former teacher. I want him to feel that he's cared and loved by all those who he's helped over the years. At the party, he was presented with the check. How amazing is that? That this guy who loved his former teacher reached out and helped him get back into some type of normal life. And people who didn't even know him were willing to donate to a cause to help him out. Kudos to you guys. Kudos to you guys. I want to jump back into the reincarnation because like I said, this this always fascinates me. And if you are interested in a more in-depth look at these stories and you have Amazon Prime just Google the term reincarnation and there are going to be different shows. Um, that's where I got some of this information and besides the Internet. Um, but you can watch these shows and see more details about how these children were acting and the stuff that they were saying. I mean, there's this one video where, oh, my gosh, the kid is like screaming about saving uh, he can't save them all. He can't save them. And I'm just it's just heartbreaking because uh, the the mom was setting up video cameras to kind of document what her son was going through. And it's heart wrenching to hear their screams because they're just so devastated over these horrible, horrible dreams that they're experiencing on a daily basis. Um, I can't I should have. I'll tweet out the show. Uh, in fact, it actually probably is on my watch list, but if you're interested in, uh, past life regression, yeah, unfortunately the next thing, one of the next topics I'm doing is now on my list. So, <laughs> um, so there, my, my list of TV shows is now officially gone because <laughs> I'm looking into something else and, uh, I have a bunch of stuff that I just saved, but if you just go to, I think I just, uh. The way I found it was just typing in the word reincarnation and a bunch of different shows came up and I watched those. I'll find out what it was. I forgot I added a bunch of stuff to my watch list, so it probably knocked it out. Um, But the next person we're going to talk about is Jude. Uh, Jude always seemed to be well above his age. Like he seemed like he had an old soul. I think uh, that's how they had described him. Um. He was an early talker. Uh, He would cry every single night from the time he was an infant. Unconsolable screaming and crying. They couldn't stop him. He would always say that he had, uh, you know, there was horrible dreams. The doctors would always just say, they're just night terrors. They'll they'll pass, but they didn't pass. Uh, Finally, at two and a half, he would look at the ceiling and said that he would see angels. Now, Jude was not raised in a home that was Christian. They didn't go to church. They didn't talk about angels, but he talked about them. At three, he was telling his mom about the portals in the sky and that the portals are how spirits go from heaven to earth. And he actually told his mom that, you see that portal up there? I came through that and then came into your belly, and that's how I was born. Something weird for like a two or three year old to say, but again, not being raised in a Christian home and talking about heaven, that's, that to me right there is a little bit interesting because if he's never heard of heaven, how is he talking about it? They don't have it on TV. They're not taking him to church. Interesting. Then what he would do is he would start drawing himself at the age of three. He would draw himself with a rainbow and a cape. He would call himself the Rainbow Warrior. Now, the one thing that the mom, uh, Jude's mom thought was very interesting was that he was always talking about religion. Uh, He would talk about the Bible. He would talk about Jesus. He would talk about heaven. All of these things in a home that was not ever discussing it. So where was he hearing it? He was three. It's not like he was going out and talking to his friends and they were talking about it. He was pretty much home all the time. So Jude's mom decided, you know, I'm going to take him to a church and just see what his reaction is. So when he got into the church, he ran and he touched the Bible and he said that the Bible was precious. And then he started talking about a plane crash. And every night before bed, as he started talking more and more, he talked about bodies being in the water. And this is the child that was screaming that he couldn't save them. He couldn't save them. He was so upset because there were bodies, lots of dead bodies, and he couldn't save them. And G's mom said that some of the details that he gave were so graphic. For a child of three to be giving these details, she was just, she, could hardly choke back the tears. So Jude's mom started researching, and she remembered a plane crash in the 90s, TWA 800. There was a man who was a chaplain that responded to the plane crash, who was a priest and was also a gay pride activist. And there are pictures of this priest marching in gay pride parades. And this priest died 10 years before Jude was born. The mom decides to take pictures of the chaplain and other pictures and put them together. And Jude picked himself out. He said, that's me, mommy. So she didn't know how to deal with this and how to try to get him closure. So she put him in a boat, which he wasn't happy about because he didn't like the water. So what they did was they put pictures that Jude had drawn and they put them into the water. And before they put them in the water, Jude blessed these. And they talked about letting go of his past life because he had a new life to live. And. His nightmares have subsided. He still has them, but not every night. He doesn't have them as. They're not as. um, Strong as they used to be, and he's actually getting some peace. This, I think, the fact that these kids are able to even identify who they were in a past life is very interesting. Um, I don't know if I have the name written down, I do have it down here. Okay, so I'm not going to jump to that because I this the last one I want to talk about. Totally freaked me out. When I was watching it, totally freaked me out. But we're going to go on to this one here. If the, That other one I want to save for last because that one totally made me, <laughs> made me question a lot of things that I think about. So this one here, we're going to talk about Paolo. Now, Paolo, when he was a baby, he cried all night. Never, ever. He didn't want to be in the darkness. He always wanted to have lights on. He was always restless. Uh, two and a half, he was angry. Like, really, really angry. Medical professionals could not figure out why he was so angry. He would get to the point he would be so angry that his mom was actually afraid to be around him at the age of, like, two, two two and a half to three. She didn't know what, he, what the problem was. And... She felt like there was this darkness around him, like he couldn't stop. Whatever that darkness was. Then he would start talking about Japan and swords. And he would use, now think about this, two and a half to three years old, and he's using words like katana swords. He's talking about the red circle on the flag. And he would say that he was a warrior. Those are really big words for a a two-and-a-half to three-year-old. I didn't even know what a katana sword was. I had to look it up, and I'm like 46. But he knew those words. At four years old, Paolo said, you weren't my dad, and mom wasn't my mom when I used to live in Japan. And I was married, and I had a child, and I lived in Kyoto, Japan. And that is like, what is Kyoto? (laughs) Had to look it up to make sure it was an actual city in Japan. And it is. Then he would talk, Paolo would talk about that he died in a battle fighting for honor. But when he died, there were no stars. There was no moon. And it was so dark. At five and a half, he started losing weight. He wasn't eating. He couldn't sleep. His gums started to bleed. And that's when they determined that he had leukemia. This is when Paolo said, that there was a dark presence, but there was also a light. The light is going to let me win. And he drew on his past life, and he would carry a sword with him because the sword was going to kill the cancer. And every time he went for his therapy, he took that sword with him. The doctors actually started calling him a warrior. And when he would go in for his therapy, they would say, hello, warrior. I love this. And then Paolo was bad and he was in intensive care. He actually fell into a coma. He actually woke up from that coma and said, kids are angels and they are with God. And God told him that he wasn't going to let him die. And then he fell back into that coma. When he awoken for the second time from this coma, suddenly his vitals started to improve. And now he is four years in remission. He was still in fear of the darkness because he did still feel the anger inside of him. So they took Paolo to a sensei. And the sensei actually commanded him and gave him tips on conquering that darkness inside of him. Because that darkness needs to go. Now Paolo is still working on that. Paolo is still trying to figure it all out but he's moving on his, he doesn't have as much darkness in him anymore. It's, it's fascinating to me. What, is this something he's making up? I mean, if we think about it, I don't know, two and a half year old being able to even say the word Katana, even knowing what it is. How did he know? That there was a town in Japan named Kyoto. Kyoto. There are so many unexplained things in this universe, but it's it's just different. It's just, it seems unimaginable. It seems like it can't be even believable. But these are happening and people are experiencing and the people who are like, you know what? I understand. I don't believe it either. I, If this wasn't my kid, I would totally be like, those people are crazy. But it's happening. And more and more people are experiencing their these reincarnations. Now, I've heard many stories. I shouldn't say many, but I've heard of these stories. I've heard of these people growing up and being like, I feel like I've seen this before. I've done this before. Is it deja vu? I don't know. Is it something that you're thinking of from somewhere else? I don't know. But these are real testaments. These are people who have documented. You know, some of these people have actually taken videos. It was Jude. His family would document and take pictures of everything he was doing because it was weird. And they didn't know. And they figured the more documentation they had, the better they know personal things about these lives. There was a girl, she was in West Virginia, and you have to forgive me because I didn't write down her name. Apparently, I took really bad notes. But all she kept talking about, or she used to have, well, so she used to have this feeling that she was missing something. And she used to always talk about this boy. I think the boy's name was David. But she felt like there was a part of her missing all the time. And she would have nightmares about different things. And she was, I think, 13 when she was in school and they started talking about this orphan train. She used to tell her mom that she was an orphan and she had to, and she was taken out west. And she would describe different things. But so they were learning about history and this orphan train came up. And she's like, oh, my God, mom, this is what happened to me. This is this is what happened to me. So she actually went. She knew her first name in her past life began with an A. I remember what it was last name and R and excuse me, looking through the records, they found two people, two little girls with the name A and R that kind of matched the one they had a picture of. But she said that that didn't look familiar. Um but she was tracking this orphan train and she's going to different places where this orphan train would stop and and checking things. But something in her past she knew about. Just interesting stuff. I sh- I should have wrote more about that about that story. The story was really interesting and I thought I took notes on it, but I don't see my notes. So. I don't know where I put them now, this last one. This last one is Absolutely mortifying. His name is Jacob. And when he was young, he used to tell his mom, well, he used to have the nightmares. They always start with the nightmares. And before they can even talk, how do you comfort a baby that's crying when you don't know what they're crying about? How do you do that? Um. So when he was old enough to talk, he started telling his mom how he was murdered. He had died because somebody hit him with a baseball bat. So the mom had researched some stories and, uh, cause she, you know, he would, she gave him clues. Uh, I'm sorry. He gave her clues and it ended up that he was, um, his name was Sean and he knew that it was spelled S H A U N, the distinguished spelling. Sean. Was murdered by someone with a baseball bat. And they look this up. And he went to meet this lady who he said was his mom in a past life. And they keep in touch. The weird thing is, is that he still has a lot of similar traits as this lady's son like he's always got a sketch pad he's always doodling and drawing and doing the stuff which is what this lady's son did uh his mom now is it that she just wants it to or she thinks it is uh his mom in a past the past life mom when she first hugged him and she's like oh my god you smell just like my son i know people have distinguished distinct smells i guess um She thought he smelled like her son. Is it just because she was hoping for it? Possibly. But they still keep in touch. He refers to her as his other mom. And to have nightmares and know that you died in a past life and to constantly dream about that on a nightly basis, I can't imagine what that, does to your psyche. To be able to speak to people about it has got to be terrifying because people will think you're a liar. People will think that you are insane. But what if they're not insane? What if this is actually true? What if it's actually happening where people have to go down and come down from heaven and live another life because you messed up royally or maybe something happened where it really wasn't your time to die and just the uh, circumstance took your life away and now you're given a second chance to do whatever I don't know I, I I feel on one hand like God doesn't make mistakes and when it's your time it's your time and then why are these people able to know different aspects of somebody else's life it's not like they're Saying that they were Abraham Lincoln, where you can go and read all those books and find out different things about Lincoln in the past. I mean, these are just everyday people. I mean, how, how did Cade know that his past life self was not supposed to work on 9-11 but was stuck on the top of the Empire State Building, not the Empire State Building, the Twin Towers, and the door locked, and he couldn't get back in the building when the plane hit. How does he know that? How did Lexi know that her brother, or her that her past self died in a, a plane crash? There's so many things about life, about the mysteries of the universe that we do not know as people. We can say people are crazy. We can say it's just a coincidence. We can say a a lot of things. How does a three-year-old know the word katana or Kyoto, Japan? How does a little girl know that there's portals in the sky? Is it something she's making up? And portal is a huge word for like a three-year-old. I don't think I was saying that word, at three. We have to ask ourselves the questions of the unknown. Do I believe in reincarnation? I don't know. But these stories are a strong indicator that it could exist. Is there a reason these people remember those past lives? Is it a way to give these people closure? In in the case of Jacob, where he was reunited with his mom. She was having a hard time dealing with the loss of her son, which any mother would. But she's happier now because she finally feels like she has the closure that she so desperately needed. You know, if your loved one is is sick and laying in a hospital bed and you're able to go in and say your goodbyes, that's great. But if your loved one is ripped from your life because of a plane crash or a terror attack or just somebody being an asshole and hitting them in the head with a baseball bat, there's a lot of regrets you get to live with in life. There's a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of unspoken words. Is the reincarnation for that person to come back and live another life? Try to correct what you did wrong? Or is it for you to find your way back to your loved one, to heal their hurt, to free their thoughts, and their sadness. I don't know. But I know these stories are very compelling. And I know that they're, they leave a lot of questions still. I highly suggest you check out the Amazon episode. Uh, I think it's just like four or five episodes on reincarnation. These stories go into more depth, and you'll be able to see the actual people hear their experiences and their words. I'll tweet it out too. I'll post it on social media. And speaking of social media, why don't you reach out? Beaver at gmail.com. Send me emails if you have any show ideas, if you just want to ask any questions. I'm on Twitter at Damn It Beaver, on Instagram, damn it with Beaver. And don't forget to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, uh, Geo Savon. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to Damn It with Beaver. Remember to like, follow, and share because that is how we are going to spread the word. And don't forget, do not let the world get you down. You just say, damn it, and move on. Beaver out.